Did you know that Colorado is the only state to turn down the Olympics? In 1976, the Winter Olympics were set to be held in Denver, but residents across the state voted against it because of the pollution it would have caused and the boom in population on the state and particularly Denver. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. Today, we're talking about building your Colorado bucket list. And this is a special bonus episode, so we're really excited to talk about it. Um, These are all destinations and activities or events that we believe are a must-see in the great state of Colorado, many of which we have experienced ourselves or are on our own bucket list. So we just want to give a quick disclaimer about this. If you are kind of a newbie to the state or you're from out of state, a lot of these are going to be really high elevation things. So remember to keep that in mind. We have an entire episode about how to avoid elevation sickness or altitude sickness. Yeah, altitude sickness, um, because it's going to be pretty rough on you if you are like out of shape or you're from someplace like sea level. So just keep that in mind. Also, I want to say that um, we have numbered this list for easier tracking kind of as as we go through um, the entire episode, but it's not particularly the order in which we recommend them. They're just ordered in a list format because it is a bucket list. Yep. All right. Well, let's just dive right in and say number one. And this one, actually, I might go against what you said. This actually might be number one on my bucket list. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But is Rocky Mountain National Park. It's So cool. I love being outside. I love going to national parks and stuff like this and seeing like nature in its purest form. And this is really like quintessential Rocky Mountain stuff. Yeah, I was going to say Rocky Mountain National Park is basically an iconic Colorado destination. It's situated right outside Estes Park and it's just a giant landscape. It's very rugged. I would say it feels very wild minus like a couple of small places where you can go into a shop or go to use the bathroom or check out as you're, you know, driving into the park or out of the park. Um, but you can drive through the whole place. You can stop for a hike. You can explore. You can have a picnic. There's just literally limitless things to see and explore there. Well, it's the other, very cool. The other really cool thing about it is that it uh, you can go there any time of the year and it get completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. I know we went in the winter one time and it was just, you know, it was beautiful, but it was winter. Um, and we saw moose that time. Yeah. That was randomly. And then... Uh, We've gone in the spring, see all the wildflowers. In the summer, it's just like lush and green and beautiful. Um, some of the cool activities that you can actually do there is the like the Trail Ridge Road, uh, and it's a paved road that goes all the way up past twelve thousand feet. So you know you're like up there with the clouds. Yeah, it has pretty much unmatched views of all of the surrounding areas. You definitely want to bring your camera. And then also just beware of the habitants that live there. There are deer, moose, elk, um, sometimes even black bears and cougars. You may not see them, but they are around. Mm -hmm. Um, So just think about that. Like you're in their environment. Don't go there and try and like take a selfie with a bear, you know, like let's be (laughs) smart. (laughs) Next up on the list, uh, number two is Red Rocks Amphitheater. And this is another piece of iconic Colorado history. The concert, this is like a giant concert venue, basically, and it has hosted many different bands and musicians from Daft Punk to even the Beatles. Um, Definitely recommend going to this place at least twice, like once in the daytime and once at night. 
maybe to like see a show. Um, a lot of recordings of movies have been shot there too, which is really cool to see. Um, but it is quite steep. There are a lot of stairs. Yeah, the way that it's just naturally formed is you have these giant rocks on the side and it's perfectly sloped that if you just hear somebody talking from on stage, not without any of like the microphone or anything, you can hear them all the way at the top just as well as right up front. And that's the thing about the amphitheater. That's why you want to go there during the daytime. You want to see it. And then you see a show there. Fun fact, you can see me circa 2004 at Incubus alive at Red Rocks with my emo long hair. Nice. (laughs) In the movie. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) If you're not interested in seeing a performance or a show there, the park also has a lot of hiking trails. They do offer fitness and yoga sessions like yoga on the rocks or whatever throughout the year as well. Next up at number three is the Durango Silverton Train. This is a really fun one, especially if you have kids or if you're like my wife and you're just into trains Mm -hmm. for some reason. So it's pretty cool. It's a, you know, Durango. It's down in the southwest corner of the state and it is a old mining town and they have this really cool train. It's an old steam engine train that goes from Durango to Silverton. The train departs every two hours so that you can stop in Silverton and then you can return home in Durango. Quick thing, you'll be going through a canyon, and if you are sitting outside, the soot from the coal will go right into your lungs. Mm, nice. Another fun thing, like during Christmas time, they offer the Polar Express train rides, which is actually where they want you and, and your kids to show up in pajamas. Uh, your pajamas and meet Santa and go on this actual like Polar Express train ride. It's really cool. Number four is the Dillon Ice Castles. They're actually coming back this year in 2020, so we're really excited about that. We visited them last year for the first time, and it is these giant ice sculptures that are built by ice artists and sculptors from all over the country, and they only offer six different viewings in other cities across the U.S., and they are accompanied with thousands of LED lights to give them a glow at night. They also have sculpted slides and thrones and sculptures and all kinds of things for you to look at and go see uh, for kids and adults. And you can also go either during the day or during the night. Obviously, we went during the nighttime, so it was very cool to see all of the LED lights and all of the fountains lit up and all the different things that they had. But it's also really beautiful to see during the daytime as well. I've seen a couple pictures of people doing their, like, family photos or wedding pictures done there. So if you have anything like that planned, that might be a good place to do it. Yeah, the photos are really pretty, and it's definitely something you'll never get really any elsewhere. Like, when are you going to have giant ice sculptures behind you? Yeah. It's really cool. Number five is any hot springs in the state. Uh, There are a number of them all over, but... They're wonderful. They're healing. They're just the best. We always go to Glenwood every October, uh, Glenwood Springs. It's the largest hot springs mineral pool in the world, and it goes through 3.5 million gallons of water a day. That's a lot. Yeah, these are natural springs that pop out of the ground at like super warm temperatures and they have all those minerals built into them and they're not they're not really um, regulated with chemicals or anything. It's just literally coming out of the ground really hot and then maybe you just added some cooler water to it to make it, you know, easy to sit in basically. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that's on my list is Pagosa Springs. We've been wanting to check that out for a while. And of course, we love Glenwood Springs. So those are our two favorites. I know that you've had your eye on one. Yes, there is one called Dunton Hot Springs, and it's kind of near Telluride. 
and it's one of these like all-inclusive things where you rent a room and you go to the hotel and all of the food is like taken care of and mm. and it's actually an old mining town that they took all the old structures like the schoolhouse and the library and the courthouse oh, cool. and they made them into little like airbnbs Bungalows for you to stay into yeah okay that sounds nice number six is of course garden of the gods if you've ever googled Colorado Springs, and you see the big orange uh, rock sculptures out front, it totally, that's exactly what it is. It's That's Garden of the Gods, yeah. yeah. It's one of those places that is right in our backyard, but is still astonishingly beautiful to us. We enjoy going and visiting it quite frequently, actually, especially in the summer. We're going every couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, it's really cool. It's one of those things where every time you go and see it, you're just like astonished at how beautiful it really is. Um, it's kind of cool how they were formed. They're just sandstone that were laid horizontally many, many millions of years ago. But then as the Rocky Mountains were popped up and pushed up, it actually turned these up vertically and it made them these fins that stick out of the ground. Yeah, it almost looks like the backs of dinosaurs like or something. Like stegosaurus yeah, or something. Yeah. No. Uh -huh. Stegosaurus. Well, he has those yeah, anyway. plates. Yeah, anyway. The back of <laughs> some dinosaurs, whatever you want to say. Um, you can check out the visitor center for a free tour of the museum that they have there and also walk out onto the balcony for seriously some of the most breathtaking views over the entire Garden of the Gods. And it's all totally free. Like, you get access to the park for free. You can drive and hike for free. You can check out the visitor center for free. So it's a really great thing to do with people who are visiting Colorado um, or also if you're just looking for an inexpensive way to get outside. Up next at number seven is the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. It has been voted, as of 2019, the number six best zoo in the country, and it totally deserves it. Mm -hmm. They have always been really high on the ranking. I know that they were number two for a while a few years ago. Um, but it is indeed a mountain zoo. It is on the mountainside. Uh, it's awesome. It will give you amazing views of Colorado Springs itself. But the zoo is just, it's a top-notch zoo. It really is. It really is cool. I've been to several different zoos, um, especially the Dallas Zoo and stuff like that. And this one's really unique, like you said, because it's built into the mountain and it overlooks the city. Um, it was actually started in 1926 by Spencer Penrose. Um, he was growing his collection of exotic animals in his like house and in his yard and he didn't have enough space, I guess, for it. And he just wanted all these other weird exotic animals. So he built this zoo area in the side of the mountain and then deeded it over to Colorado Springs in 1938. How wild would it be to actually like have so many animals that you create your own private zoo? Yeah, and not just animals, like exotic ones. Yeah. Like I don't know which ones were on his list. I don't think they're at the zoo anymore, but right. <laughs> it's really interesting. Well, also another thing about this zoo is that, you know, when you think of a mountain zoo, you'd think that there's it's not gonna be able to handle having like, you know, cold blooded animals or you're not gonna go see something. No, there's there's the elephants and there's alligators and, and kangaroos. Boas. Yeah, you see all that stuff that you would not expect to see in a mountain zoo. Yeah. At number eight, we have Denver's Union Station, and this is one I added to the list because I really enjoy sort of historical buildings in Denver's downtown. This is a hundred-year-old landmark that's located in the downtown area of Denver, and it's been recently renovated and updated in a way that really does capture the history of the past, but has all these modern features. So obviously the Union Station is where, you know, back in the day, all of the trains and all of the people would travel from and have this like sort of hub of where they would be traveling, you know, back when travel was really posh and cool and luxurious mm -hmm. and not just crammy on a plane. <laughs> um, but the, the Union Station 
location these days is full of retail stores and shops. It has award-winning food prepared by local Colorado chefs and even hosts the historic Crawford Hotel where you can go in and stay. And we've mentioned that as they have like an amazing breakfast. If you want to check out our brunch episode of What to Eat in Denver, um, the Crawford Hotel is a great stop. Yeah, I know that we both really enjoy going into the station and we enjoy getting like some coffee there, especially when it's really cold outside. Number nine is the Great Sand Dunes. Um, The Great Sand Dune National Park and Preserve is just outside of Alamosa, Colorado in the San Luis Valley. Um, The sand dunes are just, well, they're sand dunes that are just so randomly placed in this like giant valley. And they're just these enormous dunes that rise out of nowhere. And you have mountains in the background. And it's seriously like they actually shoot some movies in here when they don't have the budget to go over to like the Sahara Desert. Because it lo- it's a desert. Yeah, it looks just like it. That's so weird. I, this is definitely something that's been on my list. I know that you've gone a lot as a kid and stuff like that when you were younger, um, but I've never seen it yet, and it just it just sounds so strange. Like, in mm-hmm. the middle of mountains and snow and everything, there is a desert. Yeah, it was formed because of uh, many millions of years ago, there was a, or no, many hundreds of thousand years ago, there was a lake there, and suddenly it just kind of broke, and it drained very quickly. And they just left them behind a lot of sand. And then the winds kind of just forced them all into these sand dunes. So it's just like a, a per, stars align of perfect situation to create sand dunes in this one spot. And there are lots of things you can do when visiting the sand dunes, including hiking and biking, even sandboarding and sand sledding. And those sound as you would expect. Yeah. Those are as you they sound. Yes, that's it what I'm trying to say. sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, the great sand dunes are home to the tallest sand dune in North America. The Star Dune is over 700 feet tall. That's really tall. Yeah, want to sand, like slide down that thing? No. <laughs> Number 10, we have Hanging Lake. So I want to preface this by saying that Hanging Lake is actually a very popular destination and is basically on everyone's bucket list. Uh, rightfully so. It is very picturesque and it is named perfectly because of its cliffside location. The lake is basically goes over, it's like the clearest water you will ever see, and it pours over this really, really nice, picturesque um, waterfall into this nice, lush surrounding landscape. Um, it's super pristine green water, right outside Glenwood Springs, Colorado, actually. Um, but you will need a reservation as of now to visit, and there are limited spots available each day. Sometimes when we've gone up there, they have even closed it for the entire day due to trying to restore the area because it's just so popular. There's so much traffic. Right. It's been very eroded over time. And also, you know, there's, there's, they always tell you to stay on the, stay in the, on the path. Just do Mm -hmm. it. Don't go off because it's a lake. It's going to be icy sometimes if you go at that time of year. Mm-hmm. And there can be accidents. Pretty much any time of year, though, is really pretty. Yeah. And it's it's quite a trek. Like, mm-hmm. if stairs are not your jam, don't do this. Yeah. It's like three or something. Three miles or so mm-hmm. to get to the lake. Up. Up a hill. Yeah, lots of stairs. Mountains. Up a mountain. <laughs> at number 11 is Maroon Bells. And actually, usually... Uh, used as one of those generic pictures of Colorado, like the mountains. So if you ever just like type in Colorado mountains, most likely maroon bells is what's going to pop, pop up. Um, it's in White River National Forest. And if you go there and you you have to hike to get to the maroon bells, but if you hike up there, you will see a reflective lake with two towering peaks um, right behind. And they are named Maroon Peak and North Maroon Peak. And this is in the Maroon Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Don't be surprised if you see a lot of fields of wildflowers, even some wild animals. And it's located about 10 miles from Aspen, Colorado. And we really just can't convey how beautiful this is. It's very overwhelmingly beautiful, and you definitely can't do justice with a camera. No. So even the pictures that you see that are just, like, so pretty, just wait till you see it yeah. in real life. And then, like, you know, pictures don't ever get the scale either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At number 12, we have the Continental Divide. So this is a popular point of interest in Colorado, um, also known as the Great Divide. And it's an iconic mountain range that cuts through the United States starting at Alaska and goes all the way down to the tip of South America. Obviously, a good portion of that comes into Colorado. And so you can actually drive through and visit this area. There are a lot of um, scenic pull-offs that you can see and discover and take pictures at driving along I-70 into the mountains. Um, also, especially around the Divide, Colorado area. Yes. There's a couple places. It's going to look different each place because it goes all the way from the northern tip of Colorado all the way to the southern part. And the part that we drive across most often is when we're like going over to Breckenridge and we just hit this flat chunk of land in the middle of the mountains mm-hmm. and you're so high up. It's it's cool. That's it's there's a nothing unique else experience. I can say. Yeah, it's and it's really pretty. It's really cool, yeah. At number 13 is the Royal Gorge Bridge. And this is the world's tallest suspension bridge outside of Canyon City and it is quite spectacular. It really is. Uh, it is kind of terrifying. Too, I was going to say spectacularly terrifying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrific and terrible at the same yes. time. <laughs> it is a really amazing experience. It is actually usually on the top of all bucket lists. When you Google like Colorado bucket list yeah. things to do, um, it's usually at the top is to visit the Royal Gorge suspension bridge. Um, but it is if, if you don't like heights, I would say maybe this is not for you, but mm-hmm. I don't really like heights and I did it anyway. And, it's one of those things that I'm glad that I did, and it was a very unique experience um, if you don't, you know, pee your pants or faint <laughs> midway or something. Well, when we did it, we took the gondola across, and we were jammed in there with that couple that were, like, really not okay with heights, mm-hmm. and their energy was just, like, we killing us. We were all us. so scared. Yeah. They were, the woman was like, oh, okay, I think, what if the cable just breaks right now? And I'm like, why, why would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah, it was terrible, but... You can definitely cross using the gondola or a zip line, you know, if you want to. There is a zip line. It goes right over the edge, but, you know, we couldn't be paid to do that. Um, it's totally worth it, though. Also, the drive there from Denver or Colorado Springs is actually really pleasant. It's really pretty. It's a uh, in a valley surrounded by mountains to protect the bridge from harsh weather conditions. And the bridge is actually almost a 1,000 feet off the canyon floor. So it's really high. So, you know, either you're going to cross the bridge or you're going to use the gondola, and then you have to go back the other way. Or you're going to get there, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to go, This is good. That's nice. Yeah, we've actually had friends who've done that with kids, uh-huh. who like looked at it and was like, All right, this is good. Let's get our pictures. Let's go. Wow, how pretty. <laughs> yeah. At number 14 is Crested Butte. It's particularly the wildflowers that you can see there. Mm-hmm. It's actually home to the Crested Butte Wildflower Festival that happens each uh, mid-July. But the wildflowers, you know, they're wild. They will go pretty much for the entire spring until the end of summer. So you can see different wildflowers year-round from pretty much April all the way until, I would say, early October. Mm-hmm. And in the summertime, of course, is when it's most popular. They have mountain biking, hiking, fishing, uh, you know, rock climbing, horseback riding, obviously viewing wildflowers. You can even go kayaking or river rafting. 
Um, but in the winter, there's actually a good amount of things to do as well. You can ski and snowboard, enjoy sleigh and horseback riding, also snowshoeing, which we've enjoyed, and ice skating. So there's lots of fun things to do in Crested Butte. At number 15, we have the Paint Mines Interpretive Park. Um, this Wait, is, what makes it interpretive? I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's more artistic because of the painted layers of the rocks and stuff like that. Um, but it's a really unique site because when you think of Colorado um, and pretty much everything that we've listed on this list, they've all been mountainous things. They've yeah. all had to do with driving in the mountains or seeing the mountains or climbing them or something. And this is actually out east, more on the plains, the Colorado plains. Yeah, the painted rocks are just layers of rock that have been there for millions of years that have been eroded and it just exposes the layers of color. And the Native Americans for hundreds of years have actually been coming to this point or this place to gather some of the rocks to make paint for like war paint or painting their horses. Mm -hmm. um, it is actually just outside of Colorado Springs mm -hmm. to the east outside of a town called Callahan or yeah, Callahan. Mm -hmm. And it's just here in El Paso County. Um, it's something that a lot of people just don't think about doing. I mean, there's not much really to do on the plains otherwise, but this is one of those few things that there really is. And I learned something it's a fun word to say it's called hoodoos and basically hoodoos are just chimneys or spires of rock oh that's cool yeah. okay all right last on our list but definitely not least is pikes peak mountain so this is america's most famous mountain which i actually didn't learn until i moved here mm -hmm. and it was the inspiration behind america the beautiful you know the saying purple mountain majesties they're talking about pikes peak it's one of Colorado's 14ers, so you really can ascend above the clouds. It's over 14,000 feet in the air, above sea level, I guess you could say. Um, you can bike up and down if you're an extreme adventurer, hike, or even take a drive up the mountain. Another way to see it is to take the shuttle service to the top, which can become mandatory sometimes during um, their peak season or if there's lim because of limited parking or something like that or uh, because of the snow or the driving. There's actually a visitor center at the top, and it's like a view house as well, where you can look out east and see all of Colorado Springs, and you can probably see all the way to Kansas, like no joke. Um, it is really cool to go up there, but again, this is 14,000 feet, so beware if you can't handle elevation stuff. Um, there's a little shop up there, like I said, and there's a little restaurant, and a cool thing, they actually fry really good donuts up there, mm -hmm. but because of the way that liquid will work at that elevation they can't use conventional ingredients to make these donuts so they make it with powdered milk mm -hmm. and they have a really good pickle shop up there too yeah they do so pickles and donuts yeah what a what a combo <laughs> but one thing to be aware of is if you are driving up there and you are coming down uh there will be a few mandatory brake checks um i was just googling to see how many brake checks there were and i found a couple stories of people that were going down to the mountains and they were just riding their brakes the whole time. And one of the park rangers at the brake check checked the temperature of their brakes and it was 600 degrees and it had Ooh. melted his hubcaps onto his wheels. So. Don't do that. Yeah. And <laughs> they had to steady. pull off for an hour to let their brakes cool down. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Slow and steady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Enjoy the drive. Okay, so at the end of every show, we like to end it with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. And every year, the National Park Service offers free entrance days to more than 400 national parks. The entrance fee is waived for a fun and fee-free experience on specific days of every year. For example, there are five days in 2020 for free entrance days, including January 20th, 
April 18th, August 25th, September 26th, and November 11th. So it gives you a lot of opportunity to explore over 400 national parks, if you wanted to, for free. It's a really fun and cheap way to get out and explore all of what Colorado has to offer as far as national parks with your friends and family. Um, but please note that fee-free days do not cover any additional costs for activities, like if you want to go camping or boating or other touring things. I challenge somebody out there to see all 400 national parks on just the free days, hmm. on those five free days. I don't even know if that's possible. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, this pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag ColoradoLife.com. And if you like the snow, if you like the snow. <laughs> I mean, if you do. I like the snow. <laughs> if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you enjoy. And we'll be back again for our regular recording season here in February. But thanks again for listening. And until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.